1: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Year's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules
2: at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com.
1: Hello, friends. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball After Dark. Uh really it's called that now because I don't know where I want to put this in our podcast feed. But I'm joined by my very good and longtime friend Adam Mares, who is head of content at DNVR, which is a fantastic Denver based uh sports content account. He is a longtime Nuggets fan. He is the first true believer in Nikola Jokic, uh similar uh probably we're talking like years before other people were on the Jokic bandwagon where I was having to hear about him in group chats and lo and behold (laughs) all of a sudden he's he's the MVP and is an unbelievable player
2: how you doing Adam I'm good man um I the one thing I'll say is I do remember some of the like draft Twitter people which this is like 2013 draft Twitter Mm -hmm. people were high on Jokic not as a star but just as in a hey this guy should be a top 10 pick you know, statistically or whatever. So there were some people that predate me, but um, I was definitely, I think, the first one to be like, this guy is way better than you guys think once he started playing NBA basketball.
1: So we the, the
2: Nuggets are
1: going to be facing the Mavericks on Monday night. We're recording this Sunday afternoon and the the Nuggets play the the Blazers tonight at home and then I think they have to get get on a plane and go to Dallas. Yeah. Um that that second night road back to back is is a bit of a of a bitch but also
2: also going west to east like uh, Mm. there's all these little markers but you give up an hour so Mm -hmm. so it's it's
1: just one yeah one less hour of rest so the mavericks could be facing a nuggets team kind of um let's just say off kilter is probably going to be a good descriptor because right now they're eight and four I, I fully expect them to beat the pants off the bitchy Trailblazers. Um, I'm so tired. Like like I saw someone call them the I think it might have been like uh, Danny and and Nate call them the Stale Blazers. <laughs> and and they're just uh, I don't know. I'm tired of hearing about them because Dame dominates a lot of a lot of media time because he's really good at media. Um, but but I wanted yeah, to talk out to you tonight,
2: by the way too. So one thing, Denver there's a chance Denver could, if, they should take this game as a hey let's try to put this away in three quarters so we can get on a plane. But we'll see.
1: Well, I wanted to
2: talk to you one because I like
1: actually having time between games this year, so I can prepare for games a little bit more. But uh, two, I, I I don't think uh, our fan base is is primarily wrapped up in our own nonsense. And Denver is a kind of a I don't want to call them a surprise team because they're obviously very very good. But right now they're rocking one of the best defenses in the league. Yeah. And I want to know how because yeah. you're missing one of your star players in Jamal Murray. Uh is M- MPJ still dealing with kind of like back issues, right? Or is yeah, he playing? Yeah, again? that's
2: a weird one. Well, I'll get into it, but yeah, he's out. So so walk me walk me through
1: how they're doing this because this is some um, it's like the numbers are impressive.
2: Yeah. I'll I'll start with they have good defensive players. I mean, I, you know because I've been annoying about it to you in the group chat. I try not to be annoying about this in public because nobody cares, nobody changes their mind on anything, it's <laughs> I'm not out here trying to preach the gospel of Jokic about everything, but You know, I've said for a long time, Jokic's a really good defender at everything but one thing. He's just bad at guarding guards when they get downhill, you know, guards when they're in open space, which is, by the way, true of every big in the NBA, including (laughs) Anthony Davis and uh, Rudy Gobert. But, you know, Jokic was especially bad at it. And I think one of the things is now you add Aaron Gordon, who's like, I didn't know this, you know, when he was in Orlando. He's one of the best defensive, on-ball defensive players, I think, in all of the NBA. Like, he guarded Trey Young the other night, you know, Trey Young had a good stat line, but was like a minus 20 because uh, you know, Aaron Gordon really just kept forcing him into the his last his least favorite options. He guarded Luka the other night, obviously did a great job. He's just he's been fantastic defensively. But I think the thing that you're kind of getting at one, Jokic has improved defensively every year, and this is far and away his best year. And two, my theory is that these new rule changes allow for guards to better defend on the perimeter which means offensive guards get fewer downhill opportunities. So if you take mm. out the 10, 15% of possessions where a guard is just attacking and pick and roll, attacking Jokic and pick and roll with the full head of steam, if you just take those from 15% of possessions down to, say, maybe 5%, all of a sudden Jokic is a good defender 95% of the time instead of you know, 75 80% of the time. So I think um, I, I think those are the things that have changed, and now – you don't see Jokic's one glaring weakness, and you see all of his strengths, like stealing the ball. He's even been a good ribbon protector this year, angled defense, stuff like that,
1: yeah, that's interesting i I hadn't really thought about that because when i when I look at like the Dallas numbers by comparison, and the the their numbers are all over the map because they're eight and four, but in their four losses, they've just been murdered. um and it throws off a lot of like the cleaning yeah. the glass numbers right, where right. they're playing a ton of garbage time. And I want to say that that Dallas' defense, in, in comparison, has been okay, and I think that's got to be part of it. Because Porzingis hasn't been exposed quite as often, and mm. it's just it, it's a little thing over the course of
2: time when it comes to the games. That's that's really something. So, so let me put what, say one other thing because I actually think it's the most interesting thing going on this season that nobody is really talking about yet. They're talking about it the way I just did, like oh, we could be more physical on the perimeter. But I don't think it's so much about exploiting the rule, the new rules as much as it is, you know, teams adjust. And what the first team to make the right adjustments are the teams that are going to kind of get a leg up. I think the big adjustment teams probably should be making defensively is throwing size on guards because you still can't get too physical and rough guys up. The difference is you can just trail closer. You can just stick the guys closer because that sideways jump doesn't work. So if you throw a guy that has four inches of height on a guard even though they can't get more physical they're just closer in proximity and then they can get their hands up and it just makes everything a lot more difficult so i think that's part of what you're seeing is murray's out but you add pj dozier who's six seven will barton who was out last year who's six seven uh you just have so much height around the perimeter and then of course aaron gordon who's enormous and denver is just every pick and roll is being guarded by a really tall big player and it makes it 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 really creates a wall
1: that'll be interesting to see because Uh, since I think, when did the Mavs and Nuggets play before they, they played a it was a pretty
2: Dallas was on the second night of a road back to back. So it's kind of like payback to a degree, but that was, that was sort of a sloppy game from the get
1: go. Uh, but you know, Kristaps Porzingis hadn't played or he was out with some back tightness. And and so I think this will be a, a pretty good game. I want our, our listeners to hear me when I say this. The next time I hear any one of you compare Porzingis and Jokic, I'm going to tell you to play in traffic. They're not <laughs> even remotely similar players outside of being tall, white European men, just a different ball game. Anyhow, side note. They they so, were
2: compared. It's so funny because they were compared in 2016. And since that moment, Jokic has probably reached like the hundredth percentile of what could have been expected of him. Oh, gosh, you know, like yeah. he's like, and Porzingis is probably somewhere in like the 10th percentile of what was expected of him. So they've just gone opposite directions.
1: It's it's so, and you know, he played a really nice game the other night against a Spurs team, which is not very good. And and he has really good games against bad teams. Like there's a mm-hmm. correlation there. However, I will say, and I want, I, we should, you know, this will be interesting to see. And maybe we should talk about this after the fact. Um, he took if you look at his his uh shot chart the game he shot one mid-range jumper it was rim runs Mm. and three-pointers and lo and behold he had an efficient game it's really wild how that works (laughs) um the 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 next question i had for you is so you're 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 out with like jamal murray is still dealing with the after effects of his acl tear i'm sure he'll come back at some point this season But he is a a he's Probably the most underrated or really underdiscussed. I don't know if he's underrated by people who know basketball, but he's just kind of an afterthought of a two guard. He gives me like really strong. This isn't a great comparison because I think he's a better player uh than this player, but he gives me like Michael Finley vibes in the in the late nineties of just like a guy who is awesome but nobody cares. um
2: That's just and- going to be any good second star in a mid or small market is going to be that guy like. Who- it's too hard to tell the story of a full team when you don't care. <laughs> well, it, But then on
1: top of that, so you're dealing with with him out for, for the year and then – or for the first part of the year. And then you're dealing with Michael Porter Jr., who mm. had a rough start to his season and then mm. had kind of the equivalent of like a non-contact injury on a layup. And it's just – from my understanding, you guys haven't heard much. They're being right. very hush-hush, and there's a fair amount of concern because he has – he and his entire family just have this and really unfortunate history of injuries yeah. so what's going on with him and how is the offense like not only like th- surviving like thriving in absence well, of two really
2: important guys well I, I it's really not thriving i think they're like 22nd or something in offense so denver they've been a top you know seven offense every year the yoka chair and now they're down to a bottom seven offense or whatever so it's it's a little bit of a shock. And by the way, I think that's part of why the Nuggets defense has been so good. I've I've said this for so many years that Jokic, because he does so much, he plays exactly as hard on defense as he needs. And because the offense has been bad this year, he's playing so hard on defense to, you know, and that's why they've been great. I think once the Nuggets get a rhythm on offense, if they get a rhythm on offense, the defense is going to slide. Just it's just Jokic's character to kind of be like, hey man, we only need to win by five. We don't need to win by 30. Um, anyway, uh Michael Porter, yeah, the injury. You know, I've heard from enough people that they're not concerned it's going to be like a long, you know, this is out for a long time. Anytime you have such a weird back surgery and back injuries like he's had, I think it's supposed to be, I, I think everyone's been prepared for, hey, there's going to be some weeks where it flares up and you get a shot and, you know, you hope it responds, but it, you shouldn't read too much into it. So I'm, until we get further notice, my hunch is that Michael Porter will probably miss another week or two and then be back in the rotation and hopefully fully healthy. Um but the one thing i'll say about this nuggets team that i expect to see tonight and tomorrow when they play dallas they're very connected defensively and offensively they don't have guys that can shoot they're probably i think they're a bottom three shooting team in the nba right now but they have guys that all just know their role and play around Jokic, and just seem very content to let Jokic do his thing on every single possession um and you know how that is with luca like when guys are unhappy with that style of offense it can get clunky and it can get weird. When guys are content, Luca's is good enough to do it that everybody kind of eats. And right now, everybody's eating, everybody's trusting Yoke, and it's working.
1: So, w- one more kind of offensive side of question: I tell me how Will Barton's season is going because he had kind of a rough year last year with injuries. He was a se- He was a guy. A number of folks on Mavs Moneyball staff hoped that Dallas would make a pitch for because he's mm. just. He's just kind of an unbelievably important connecting piece in yep. my mind.
2: Yep, that's what he is. He is a connector. He He's a jack of all trades, um, does a lot. Like he's a good, I'd say he's probably a 38% three-point shooter is what I would expect of him. Very crafty pick and roll player. He's six foot six, six foot seven. So he's got height. Uh, he can get to the rim. He's got the street ball one-on-one style to him if you need. Uh, he's been great. This is by far, I would say, his best season so far as a Nugget. Um, huh. Even though it's only eleven games in, he's having a great year. His chemistry with Jokic is through the roof. Uh, they've been playing together for seven years now, so that should be their chemistry better be great. Uh, and he's been great. He had a really bad game against the Hawks, so I'm curious to see if he bounces back because he hasn't had a lot of bad games this year. Um, but he did have. He is coming off of a bad one uh, over the weekend.
1: Hmm. All right. Well, like I told you, I didn't want to take up too much of your time because I I think as the season goes, you know, it's it still feels we're eleven games in, twelve games in, whatever it is. And there's it's it's almost gone the opposite way. Whereas last year, when there's like four and a half games a week, it was just kind of on to the next one. And right now I I don't I don't have to deal with a back to back until mid-December. I played the Mavs played two in a row early on, and now I just kind of get to go game on, game off. And then when I have like this extra day between games, I'm really trying not to think about basketball. (laughs) <laughs> but then I start like but then I start kind of like yeah, overanalyzing yeah. stuff. Like I was really pumped about the Porzingis performance and then somebody on our staff was like, "Hey, yeah, so the last time he did this was against the Wolves when when like their coaching staff was playing cuz they were so like oh, beat up right. and bad." And it's like,
2: "Oh god." Well, do you got yeah. any uh anything else before I let you get back to your Sunday? Yeah, there's two things you got you, that I think are important just to kind of keep an eye on. Denver's bench has been atrocious all year. I mean, Ooh. The, the Nuggets are outscoring teams with their starting lineup by like a million, uh, just absolutely dominant. But as soon as they go to the bench, they cough it all up. So a typical Nuggets game goes first nine minutes. Denver's up 10 bench comes in for six minutes. Denver's down three <laughs> bench ties it at halftime goes up big in the third collapses it all in the fourth and then the starters come in and close it out and win the game so denver you know i would expect 10 point swings in this game over you know probably multiple ones because how bad denver's bench is but coming to the rescue for denver's bench is the most fun player in all of the nba currently bones highland who has the best <laughs> nickname and he's just an incredible player and um uh, he he's uh really dynamic he's kind of like a manual quickly he looks and moves like him but he's just a really smart point guard great three-point shot tons of swagger um he he's a rookie so if he plays bad denver probably loses but he's a guy i would keep an eye on because i would not be surprised right now in any game if he gets 15 20 points up
1: we had a uh uh, one of our younger staff members like i always pitch people to go to summer league like guys you should just try and no but no one ever listens to me and this guy, Luke, he's like 23 years old, just went to Vegas. He was there when we were all there. And just he he basically became the Bones Highlands super fan and was like betting on all Denver games. And he's like, this guy could win rookie of the yeah. year. And so I was like, I've been hearing about him for a while. I love it. All right, man. I'll let you get back to uh, the rest of your Sunday, guys. This has been Kirk Henderson and Adam Mares here with DNVR. Um, let's see. We have two podcasts from over the weekend, which you should check in on your feed if you missed any of those, because we had a really fun game Friday night, and that's kind of uh, what what's going to be happening. We'll try to come to you at least three to four times this week, be checking your feed. This has been a really good time. Uh, as always, uh, thanks for your uh, support and subscribing, and I will talk with you soon. Everybody have a great start to your week.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com.